0: Revolution. Loading now. Revolution. Loading now. Revolution. Loading now. Revolution. Loading
1: now. Let's we'll have it down. Just ignore the county now. I've enough of this old town.
2: Into the shooting bench with Cope Reynolds at 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern. Don't miss it. Join Cope for two full hours of political incorrectness, current events, gun Talk, and so much more.
3: Was a slanted With three little
0: kids and a mama All right, gather around, drag up the stool. It's time for Liberty Lounge. Two full hours of classic country music with a splash of news thrown in for good measure. Let's take a break from the current trials and tribulations and try to start our weekend out on a lighter note. Liberty Lounge starts right
2: now. Fills my memory yeah. Rocky Mountain
4: Well, now, since it's Friday, and just to show my appreciation, we'll knock off now and take the next two days off. How's that? Do that again. You are so stupid.
2: That's right. They're all going to laugh at you.
4: That's right. There is nothing wrong with your radio. That's right.
2: This is crazy. What's going on here?
3: I, love I got a hundred dollars smoking in my billfold. Quack, quack. I know I ought to save it, but it's burning Right through my pocket and into my skin. Me, me. Come on in the morning, I'll be burning. To do it you baby down the road sitting
0: on radio and on on doing all the wrong that's right
2: You're naked, is that okay? Uh-huh. Stop that. You go blind. It's wet, but it stretches. That's huge. Holy poofy. Get a belly. You're in bad trouble. Let's go. I'll be hurting with my head in a device. Tuesday, I'll be wondering
3: if I'll ever survive. Wednesday and a Thursday, I'll be slowly tuning in. Friday, I'll be ridin' at my
2: motor. he do it I got my
3: motor running for a while
2: weekend. It's finally Friday That
1: is unbelievable, man Forget the work losing, you lose let your push on the road So in my best kindergarten voice I said yes, The answer is Ruthie Cittapel That's right Friday, Friday. That's
2: right
0: May 22nd, Memorial Day weekend. Welcome to Liberty Lounge. We've got a, uh, of course, being as how it's Memorial Day weekend, of course, there'll be some uh, patriotic music, quite a bit of it, and uh, a few other things that we haven't played for quite a while. So I'm still trying to figure out, uh, I've tried tried to renew my efforts here in trying to do live broadcast, and it's been so long that I've got to relearn all this stuff. I downloaded Winamp, and I'm thinking about trying it. I'm still messing around with the other one, I'm trying to figure out why it is I have so much stuff to figure out. But um, anyway, if I get it working, great. If I don't, we'll just keep doing what we're doing. But anyway, got uh got some new ideas. For the sheriff's campaign, I'm not uh, divulging those just yet. Whenever they uh, come to fruition, well, I'll let you know. But it's uh, trying to get some money together. It's going to be a uh, an uphill uphill battle, no matter how we do it. But uh, we need to get some some banners and some yard signs and and that kind of stuff and and uh, radio ads. I want to get uh, quite a few, you know, some radio ads out there. So, the um, we're working on that. We'll we'll work on trying to get a fundraiser going. Here, talking to the the uh, folks that are helping me, Amy and and uh, three or four other people that are helping me get this stuff together, and we'll try to figure out what our best avenue is here for a, a fundraiser. We're looking at raffles and and uh, dinners and, and whatever we can do here. So anyway I'll keep you informed as that comes along. It's been slow. I've told you the the all this virus crap has got it uh everything slowed way down as far as um travel and and uh, get-togethers, you know, um uh, gatherings where we have rallies and and uh, that kind of stuff. So it's been it's been pretty tough. This was a in that regard it was a bad year to choose to do this. In other regards, maybe it was a good year. Uh, you know, we're, as I'm saying, I've said I think the uh, out on the reservation, I think there's been some changes in attitudes and the way they're the way they're thinking and the way they've been treated and whatnot. So it might, you know, maybe it'll balance out and it'll be a good year. So a good year for us. I don't know, but uh, we're gonna give it our best shot no matter what. So, all right. Well, I'm going going to uh, get on with. Oh by the way, I um uh the last few days have been a little hectic. My mother is literally laying on her deathbed right now and and uh it's been kinda hard to to keep everything going and and uh, we're not expecting her to make it very much longer at all. Probably just uh, days if not hours and so I'll uh let you know how that goes on. But anyway, well uh there'll be there's a lot more to that, which I you know I can tell you later, but um we'll just leave it there for now. Okay, well let's get on with it. It's um in the morning we have a uh, as we do every memorial day, we have a a uh laying on of flags. And what we do is go out to the Vernon, as they do in a lot of several cemeteries around here, but we'll go out to Vernon. And, uh, go to all the veterans' graves and, and tidy them up a little bit if they need it. And put little, uh, American flags at each one of them. We've done that the last couple of years. And, and uh, it's always fun. There's always, there's still one, one, uh, World War II veteran out there. That is, I believe he's 90, probably about 97 right now. And he's, he still drives, still does everything for himself. He makes all of these events. Um, it's just amazing the kind of shape that he's in and, and the effort that he puts into community events and everything. And just a, a great guy to talk to. He's got a great sense of humor and, and, um, very, very humble and, and just a real pleasure to sit and spend time with him. I have no doubt, uh, unless something has happened that I'm not aware of, that he'll be out there in the morning, and we'll have uh, veterans from around the area meet us out there. Veterans, uh, uh, Vernon's a small town, but a lot of veterans here, a lot of a lot of military or former ex- former military personnel, um, and our uh, this little cemetery we have is full of them out there. We've got a lot, so it's always a always a um, Sobering and and uh, and I'll say fun because we get to meet uh, meet and talk to a bunch of them that we don't see very often around here. So anyhow, enough of that. Let's get on with what we came here to get on with. Here we go. Now war is coming between light and darkness. Will you bow down to
3: the
2: darkness? You fight. I saw her from a distance as she walked up to the wall. In her hand, she held some flowers as her tears began to fall. She took out pen and paper. As to trace her memories, she looked up to heaven. The words she said were these. She said, Lord, my boy was special, and he meant so much to me. I know I'd love to see him just one more time, to see. And the moments do recall The so Lord, can you tell him He's more than a name on all? Home on Christmas Day, and he died for God's country in a place so far away. I remember just a little boy playing war since he was three. For this time, I know he's not coming home to me. That's so much to me. And though I'd love to see him, but I know it just can't be. So I thank you for the memories and the moments to recall. But Lord, could you tell him he's more than a name? Oh, wall?
5: 30 Out of Fort Worth town I go up some days I don't want to come down Well I fly that plane Call the angel flight Come on brother You're with me tonight Between heaven and earth Never alone
2: on the angel flight, come on,
5: brother, I'm taking you.
2: Home.
5: I love my family and I love this land, but tonight this flight's for another. We do what we do Cause we heard the call Some song gave a little But he gave it all I'll fly that plane Feels kind of like church in here tonight It don't matter where we touch down On the angel flight it's sacred ground When I fly that plane Call the angel flight Gotta be Riding with us tonight. Between heaven and earth.
0: Well, I punched the wrong button and stopped that one a little abruptly, but, uh, that's all right. It was down to the last few seconds, so. We, uh, we showed up out there in uniform. We wore our field uniforms, and, um, they was kind of, you know, they asked while we all stand around there. There was probably, for this little, little cemetery here in Vernon, this was Saturday, there was probably, uh, I don't know, 25 people out there, maybe 20, 25 people. So it was pretty good turnout for such a small area. And, uh, the guy that was, was running it asked, you know, how many veterans we have with us. And, you know, and we all raised our hand and, and he went around and asked each one. And, and, uh, he got to, to me and he said, I notice, uh, you and your friends here are in, in uniform. Can you tell us what that's all about? And I said, well, I said, we're, uh, we're all vets. You know, we had a, an Air Force vet, another one that was Air Force and Army, and I was Army, and and uh, when the uh, guy said we're here representing the militia today, and he said that's a one, that's a great thing, or that's a wonderful thing, or something like that. I don't remember what his words were exactly, but he was uh, he was very favorable. And when we got got finished with this, actually it was before we started putting the flags out. The chaplain that he brought with him to conduct the, the ceremony asked about um, about the militia and about you know what he could do to join and and all that and we didn't we didn't talk about it a whole lot but he gave me his card and he said so when you have time he said uh, get a hold of me I want to find out more about it he's from New Mexico and he said well I was there I, I you know I never I never could uh, I never could find a militia over there and I said, well, I, I guess you just didn't look in the right places, you know, or didn't look very hard, one or the other, because there's, uh, you know, Bob Wright's uh, first New Mexico militia down in the southern part of the state has been going since 1990, 92, something like that. 1990, I think. And even after he died, it was disrupted a little bit and, and kind of downsized, but they're still trying to uh, put that back together and, and keep going with it. And uh, then there was... Uh, while he was there, no, not while he was there. I was already gone. No. No, I was still in New Mexico. So, yeah, there was still the New Mexico Citizens Regulated Militia, and there was um, uh, First Brigade. Was it First Brigade? First something, I don't remember. Anyway, there's there's a half a dozen of them in New Mexico. So, um, I guess because nobody come and knocked on his door and, and told him about it. But, um he uh, was thinking there wasn't one, so he was tickled that he discovered us. And, and uh, I'm not sure exactly what uh, part he could play, you know, in, in our group, but uh, I'll talk to him about it sometime when we get more time. And, and as a um, as a leader, it's pretty standard with the militia um, nationwide that, uh, hey, Nan just joined us. A uh, pretty standard that the commander of any given militia group is a colonel, um, a full bird colonel, and you know some of the military people take that um, they they either make fun of it or they take offense to it, and and, and you know we have to be something. Uh, we can't just make up you know the star 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 fleet commander or something. Uh, we we have to be something. Uh, Salvation Army is something. I mean, everybody has some type of a rank structure. Every organization like that has some type of a, a structure. I, I could be the, I guess I could be the president and uh, the vice president and, and uh, you know, whatever. But, uh, um, since the militia is very much modeled after the United States military, uh, most, uh, especially the army in most cases, they naturally adopt much of the terminology and the equipment and, and uh, you know, the same types of, of tactics and, and training and everything else. So it, it kind of stands to reason that you would just, uh, that the rank structure would be similar to it. It's not exact in all cases. Uh, there's, you know, some that uh, because of the number of people that that most groups have, uh they may leave out some ranks that uh because they just don't have the people to fill them you know uh when you have people in the United States army that are in there for a career they're going to be there 20 years and they have this old this system where they uh, are a certain rank for a certain amount of time and go up to the next we have the same thing we have time and grade and time and service and and all that but um it's necessary that it be some of the things be a little shorter and a little easier, because people are not planning on making a career out of this. A lot of them are not. Now, I've been uh, militia for um, <laughs> Doc. I wouldn't have it any other way, brother. That's your Majesty. I'm sorry. Um, how long have I been in there? Um, Ninety. Eight, I think, is when I started. So it's been uh, ninety-eight, no eight. So it's been tw- 20, 21 years, twenty or twenty-one years that I've been. Uh, I guess I can retire. I ain't gonna get nothing out of it, but I can retire. But um, anyway, we've got uh, people here that's been with the group for uh, six or s- seven years, and uh, it's all it's all going along pretty well. We've had a, a little bit of a Influx, you know, some new members here lately. So, you know, we could spend all night talking about the militia. You guys have heard me talk about it before, but anyway, there was uh, when we went to this luncheon. This uh, colonel was sitting there, and here I am with my birds on, and and him with his, and he's in dress uniform, and I'm in field uniform. And uh, he he was watching me pretty pretty careful. I think he was trying to figure it out. I don't I don't think he really uh I don't think he it came to him that there would be militia in the VFW. I think he was trying to figure out if I was uh or if, you know, if we were um part of uh, you know, ROTC or or what was going on, I don't know. But uh anyway, we didn't uh we didn't talk I talked to him last year, but I wasn't in uniform last year, so he may not have recognized me. Probably didn't anyway. I mean he sees a million people, so but uh, anyway kind of fun we enjoyed it we had a good time over there talked to a lot of people and it was a it was a, a grand time I really did enjoy it oh,
2: say can you see by the dawn's early what's so proudly we The twilight's last gleaming All beautiful for space disguised For amber waves of grain For purple mountain majesties Above the fruited plain From the lakes of Minnesota
0: Let's just start here in no no particular order. This has nothing to do with Memorial Day or anything. But we did have, um, what day was it, three, no, four or five days ago. Four days ago. It was the 23rd. We had some snow here. And uh, we talked about that on the show a little bit. And what we didn't talk about was the... Uh, they had quite a bit of snow up in Flagstaff. I forty was closed for a while, and it was all icy and everything. And it was quite a uh, quite a fiasco during the day. And they had a bad accident up there that uh, involved. Uh, this is neither here nor there. I'm just point of interest here, and in just letting you know there was eight vehicles, several semis involved in a tour bus, and that uh, further. Closed I-40 happened, uh, quarter to nine in the morning, just, uh, um, on the westbound lane, west flagstaff. And I got some pictures here, and this road is, uh, is, is solid ice, and it shows these trucks and everything piled up. It doesn't say, um I'm laughing at it, it said two drivers suffered minor injuries, so, uh, nobody was seriously hurt or killed, so that's good. But, uh, Thought I'd throw that out there. That's the kind of weather we have here in the land of sand and cactus and uh, 100-degree weather and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Let's see. Let's move on. I'll read that to you in just a minute. Here's another guy. This is a convicted felon. Now, this guy has had a bad day. He's just a really, really bad day. If there was ever a prize... For the dumb crook line, other than the, uh, the, the Darwin award, this guy would win it. Not only was he dumb, but he had some really bad luck. He was, uh, <laughs> had a, and I, I gotta be careful how I word this because of, uh, people that are present, but this guy was storing drugs, uh, in a, balloon, and he he wasn't storing them in his mouth, and he wasn't storing them in his armpit. He was uh, storing them in another storage place in his body. Well, during this, uh, as he's (laughs) not sure what brought it about, but he was trying to hide a weapon. He's a convicted felon to start with. So this is not his first time to be an idiot. He he was uh he was trying to to get perfect with it here. But he shot himself in the um uh, uh, in the twins while he was trying to hide the weapon all the time had this uh drugs stored here. And thirteen times convicted felon 13 times so I'm guessing apparently this guy doesn't catch on real quick uh, he told his girlfriend to dispose of the gun while they're heading to the hospital or before they head to the hospital he said he finally went to the hospital now you gotta listen we ain't done with this story yet he went to the hospital and a balloon full of marijuana slipped out of the uh, hiding place and while the doctor was operating on the gunshot wound. So I'm I'm guessing maybe he tooted or something and kind of helped push it out. I don't know. So the cops arrived at the hospital when they were, you know, told about the gunshot wound. They searched his car and everything. And there they discovered a bag of meth in the blood-stained jeans that he was wearing while he shot himself, when he shot himself. they issued an arrest warrant. He turned himself in. This was about a month ago. As he, uh, as he was being processed in the courthouse, in the, 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 the uh, regional justice center, they called it, he was strip-searched. And another balloon full of marijuana slipped from its hiding place. And so while he was in jail, he made several calls to his girlfriend, asked her not to cooperate with investigators working on his case. And, of course, and he hadn't figured out yet that you don't just pick up the pay phone start calling people when you're in jail. They have a nasty habit of listening to you while you're talking. So they listen to him. So here he is, thirteen time convicted felon, is now charged with possession of a firearm, unlawful possession of meth, possession of a controlled substance in a correctional facility, and four counts of tampering with a witness. Being held on $110,000 bail and due in court June 18th. There you have it. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. And that boy won the prize. Yeah. No, Tebow, you just wasn't watching Facebook uh, close enough. I put a post on there that said the TSB was starting right now, a special two-hour, two-hour special. But we're glad you made it, Tebow. So, oh, anyway. So, there you have it. <clears throat> Wait a minute. Hold on. Hey, stand by. Wait a minute. Okay. I'm back, just like magic. So, let's see here. Do I want to... Uh, and that doesn't have anything to do, by the way, with uh, concrete and being a veteran for the Royal Canadian Balloon Corps. That's, uh, that's a whole different set of circumstances there. So, let's see. This is... Um, I need to read this to you. And there's another deal I'm going to read. I can't. I'm not going to read the other one. The other one's real long, but I'm going to pick a few choice uh, um, Deal. It actually showed up on Facebook. We got it from a friend directly in an email, and a couple of days later it showed up in Facebook. But this professor... Is an awesome individual. He is apparently, not apparently, he is obviously very conservative, and he just comes right out to begin with when you show up for his class to just just drop the class now, if you are triggered by free speech. He said, just go ahead and get get rid of it right now if this bothers you. If you're offended by something somebody might say, if you're not big enough to, uh, uh, not mature enough to take it, just go ahead and drop the class now. He's um, he has actually created a contract for these kids. A two-page contract on the first day of the class where he tells them just drop it if you're offended by certain ideas or beliefs. The contract says, in this course, we study literature from cultures that existed before you were born. Their world is not our world. Their beliefs may not be our beliefs. No one asks you, no one asks you to believe or endorse any premise, attitude, precept, theology, political system, or ideology contained in these books or expressed in this class. Nor will you ever lose points or be docked grades because of your opinion, written, oral, or otherwise. We will not malign or trivialize these texts because they do not always parrot our values. We will not assume these books are racist, sexist, or homophobic because of the period in which they were written, or because of the race, class, gender, or religion of the authors people who approach alien cultures from such preconceived notions are bigots masquerading as typically uh, sophisticated advocates uh, often in the name of social justice persons who so diminish the past are neither social nor just especially when they compel students to adopt their biases <clears throat> excuse me so in the uh the college fix this is a uh, old school newspaper or something said, the contact also offers the following instructions. Okay, listen close. If you're going to think about taking his class, you may want to reconsider if you are bothered by certain things that people say. He says, please drop the class immediately if you are triggered by, by free speech. The free exchange of ideas or people who express and defend themselves or opinions that differ from your own. Please drop the class immediately if you are triggered by open, direct, and adult discussion of issues, including but not limited to the issues of faith, war, violence, race, gender, and sexuality. Please drop the class immediately if you are triggered by recurring encounters with heterosexuality, traditional gender identities, sympathetic representations of Christianity or religion in general, positive example of free markets or capitalism, or unapologetic encounters with patriotism hierarchies or meritocracy based institutions or attitudes. Please drop the class immediately if you feel entitled to censor the thoughts or words of others or insist they tailor their language or attitudes to your preferences. So I, uh, <clears throat> I'm thinking real seriously about sending this, uh, professor a letter and telling him how awesome, or maybe I can find his email here somewhere or something, and tell him just how awesome I think this is, because I think this is pretty cotton-picking awesome, as a matter of fact. Madam
3: President, we will never surrender America's sovereignty to an unelected, unaccountable, global bureaucracy. America is governed by Americans.
6: Like I am For it said I'm sorry To inform you
0: Another segment of the shooting bench, right here on the Survival Circle Radio Network.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, Alright, we're back. Let me go back here and find my list of deals and we get off the, uh, professor thing here. And I have people, oh, never mind. Okay, now here's a, um, is that the one? I think I'll start that one right after the, well, I can start it now. If I can find it again. Oh, there's uh from the uh hold my beer and watch this department. <laughs> this is, uh. These guys definitely win the uh, the Darwin Award here. Let me bring this up real quick. The witness said that the guys backed up, got a running start, and attempted to jump over a um, drawbridge, a, uh, what do you call it, uh, not a drawbridge. What do you call those things? That, um, i got too many things going on. If I could just make this thing do right. Hang on. These pop-up deals kill me. I get all, I bring it up on my phone and everything's perfect, and then I put it on here and it tells me I have to do stuff. Anyway... <clears throat> they uh am I'm, I'm pretty confident that the uh the alcohol was involved here and said they yeah, it was a drawbridge that was right. <clears throat> Excuse me again. they uh tried to jump over it, jumped to the other side. This was uh it says it happened in Louisiana. The guys were from Texas, and this was the Black Bayou bridge, about six miles south of Lake Charles said the bridge was closed for traffic to let a boat go by. Well, when the boat goes by, and if it's tall enough, they raise the bridge up. And uh, the witness said that they got out of the car and pushed the, the passenger, got out of the car, pushed the gate arm up, got back in the car. And I know that the driver said, hold my beer and watch this. I just know it. I mean, there's there's no doubt in my mind. But uh, <clears throat> driver stopped briefly, reversed, and then accelerated forward in an attempt to jump the bridge. And uh, the car landed in the water, sank to the bottom. The driver was found inside the car. The passenger was found outside the vehicle after trying to escape. Both men were pronounced deceased at the time, and that's too bad because they don't get to collect their stupid prize for playing this stupid game. But anyway... I guess that kind of stuff happens. I wish I knew the. Uh, this is in Oregon. For any of you that listening that may be in Oregon that have a follow up to this news story, I would like to know who the uh, who the story is here. A guy come in, and this is exactly what the the Second Amendment is all about. This is why we. I got. I got to take a break here. I cannot stand when we have news outlets as big as Fox News or CNN or anywhere else that that are supposed to be professional. They pay people to put this stuff on, and then they misspell words. And I know that generally speaking, it's I before E except after C. But that is not the case when you're spelling thief. So Fox News did not spell thief right in their great big bold letters here. Anyway, a guy come in with a hatchet and was planning on robbing the place. The guy pulled out the gun. Didn't even have to shoot him. And uh, he uh, drew the gun, called 911. The the, the clerk, I mean, the, the bad guy run away. And the guy got fired. So um, he says employees are trained to de-escalate robbery situations and avoid injury, to avoid injury. Sometimes, many times, most of the time, maybe always, when someone comes in with a hatchet, or a gun, or a machete, or a baseball bat, or a butcher knife, or a rock, or a club of some kind, or whatever. Typically, if you're not armed, and you say or do something just wrong, or maybe you don't have to say or do anything at all, maybe the guy's just mad, or sad, or upset. He's triggered. He's triggered. That's what happens. You're going to get hurt, and you might get hurt real bad. But generally speaking, if you have a gun and are willing to use it and present this weapon at the correct time, maybe nobody gets hurt. The suspect placed the hatchet on the counter, reportedly telling the clerk, I'm sorry, I'll leave. Yeah, I know. Suspect got on his knees, hands in the air, and abruptly fled the store. And that's what you do. What is this, what
2: is
0: this? <laughs> but, uh, oh, wait, wait, here. Let me do this right. I have, uh, hang on. Stand by. Hang on.
2: Hello, everyone.
5: This is your
0: action news reporter with all the news that is news. Okay, I was just giving a story here out of Snowflake, Arizona, about 20-some miles from here. Charles Hall, a World War II veteran who led a busy life and never had the chance to graduate high school until now. His, uh, he was a junior class president during his time at Snowflake High School lettered in three different sports and was a successful boxer despite being eligible for deferment he chose names uh, what is it um, Charles Hall 95 years old despite being eligible for deference deferment he chose to put his life on hold and serve his country after the attack on Pearl Harbor God bless this man he enlisted in July of 1943. Served in the United States Marine Corps as part of the initial invasion on Okinawa, the last major battle of World War II. The battle claimed the lives of more than twelve thousand U.S. service members and a hundred thousand Japanese service members. Charlie was awarded <coughs> excuse me. The Navy Presidential Unit Citation, the Asiatic uh, Pacific Campaign Medal with bronze arrowhead, the American Campaign Medal, the World War II Victory Medal the Marine Corps Expeditionary Medal, the Marine Corps Good Conduct Medal, and the Marine Corps Reserve Service Ribbon. After returning home, Hall went straight into the workforce in order to support his family and never returned to school. Hall's family is a big one, 13 children, 52 grandchildren, 155 great-grandchildren, and 16 great-great-grandchildren. Well, I bet they hate to see Christmas come around. Hall's family said one of his biggest regrets was never graduating from school. Well, it's not going to be a regret much longer after putting his family first for all those years. He's finally going to get the chance to graduate from Snowflake High School on Friday at the age of 95. In a speech, let me see what, uh, well, I mean, let me finish this. I'm going to go back and see if it's this Friday. In a speech prepared for the ceremony, Hall's son-in-law says by recognizing the sacrifices of Mr. Charles Logan Davis Hall, we are fulfilling a dream for a man who helped make this community, this state, this country what it is today. Um, Information on Hall's service and background came from a family statement provided to ABC15. So this is May 23rd, so that would have been last Friday. If it was this coming Friday, I would go to that. I would damn sure go. And, uh, I would be absolutely honored to be able to shake this man's hand, but maybe I'll go over and try to look him up one day. I always I do stuff like that from time to time. Neat story. Thank you. Um, let's see. Where are we at here? There was something else I wanted to read. Wait a minute, I may have more breaking news. Yeah, it was the twenty fourth. It would have said this Friday, so that must have been the twenty fourth. No, the twenty eighth is tomorrow. It was updated on the twenty fourth. I think the the update was just right here. Uh, stand by, everybody, so a, well I don't know if it was or not. Okay. All right, well there you have it anyway. Neat story. I love these stories of these you know, it's like we sit there and listen to um, hey Lancer dropped in here. Glad glad you made it. Better late than never, buddy. No, we still got we still got almost an hour to go, so you're fine. Um I love listening to these people. I love listening to these old vets, old people, period, you know, any of them. They've got so many stories to tell. And I was talking with a representative, a state representative's wife here the other day, and uh, we were talking about uh, all the uh, older people that, that pass away and take so much information with them. I had an aunt
2: that
0: was, uh, yeah, yeah, that was probably last week. That's too bad. I would have went. Um I had an aunt that was ninety something when she died and, and uh in her last few years, you know, she got really bad and couldn't remember anything and, and she man, this woman had so many stories, so much stuff that she remembered and you used to say I tried to encourage her to write a you know, to to keep a journal to uh to write a um whatever, what do you call them, memoirs and uh I don't know if she ever got started or not, but I know it never got finished and I've, I've talked to the, some of the family you know after uh she passed away and and there was uh nothing so too bad and uh, i I would encourage all of you for you have old family members, old friends, old anybody that you come in contact with these people that are eighty ninety years old they need to sit down and either dictate uh to someone and let uh someone uh write it for them or or talk into a thing you know record it and have someone else write it later but the the amount of information the amount of, of history and and knowledge that could be shared with these people is and when they're gone it's gone forever they're uh you know obviously they had friends and other family but they've got their own lives and their own stories and everything so um there may be somebody around that could repeat some of the same stories but you know maybe not and uh i, I love going through um, amy and i both like to go through old cemeteries and uh look at the uh, particularly the veterans but we look at the the dates on them and the dates in the families and and kind of you know, in, in our own minds try to kind of imagine what might have happened, that this whole family is buried right here at the same time or whatever. And uh, it's just, it's interesting and and uh, it's one of those things, I guess. All right, here's the letter that I was talking about earlier. Yeah, i have got a couple things. We've hopefully got enough time to do this. Some of you may have seen this on Facebook or might have received the email. This is a uh, this is a real thing. It's a very very long letter, and I'm not I definitely don't have time to read it all. I don't even want to read it. All. It's too long. I have read it, but um, this was sent in by a parent in California, and because of where they work, they couldn't use their name, but we. Uh, we received this. We know what the name is because it was sent directly from the source. But um, this person wanted to make sure that the governor of California knew with the heartbreak and damage that all his policies were causing to California families. Great letter. I'm going to read the first part of it here anyway. He said, the boxes are filled. Governor Newsom. The boxes are filled, the bags are packed, the hearts are breaking, my family is about to be divided, separated, perhaps forever. I wish you cared. Our wonderful daughter, along with her husband and their two young children, have given up on life in California. The only place they've ever called home has become intolerable to them. They found a new home in a southern state, far away from here, in the real America. I've heard the story innumerable times, people leaving, wanting to go, wanting to leave what was once the paradise of the West Coast. Not so long ago, kids could walk down to the corner store or to school without parents worrying about their safe return. No more. You once could visit a neighborhood park and not fear for your life. No more. Walking across the street did not require careful examination of the pavement to avoid feces or use hypodermic needles. Now it does. Illnesses are again seen being in this state that had been rare or non-existent until recently. Typhus, tuberculosis, mumps, measles, hepatitis A, B, and C are all here again. A worker on the upper floors at the L.A. City Hall recently came down with typhus spread by rats living in the disgusting conditions around the Civic Center. But you're concerned that I might ask for a plastic straw. Your priorities for managing this state are crystal clear and the middle class is nowhere near the top of the list I learned in civics class years ago that the primary job of government is to keep the people safe what happened when did our safety and well being fall off the radar not too long ago my daughter had her new vehicle stolen from her driveway in the short time it took her to walk the kids to school someone was watching waiting for them to leave it gives me chills just thinking about it you release violent criminals (coughs) excuse me You release violent criminals back onto our streets to terrorize our communities. You proudly remove the death penalty as an option, sending a friendly message to the worst of the worst. And you handcuff our law enforcement officers, challenging their every move. Officers now must take an extra moment, perhaps just a second, questioning their training and best judgment before using any amount of force to apprehend a violent criminal. When this results in another dead cop, and it will, the blood will be on your hands, sir. A few weeks ago, we watched on television as a violent felon led police on a three-hour pursuit, destroying property and narrowly missing pedestrians and other vehicles. We saw him brutally beat his female passenger while driving close to 100 miles an hour. Then last week, a murder suspect shot at police out the window of the car, uh, the window of the car that he was being pursued in. It's a miracle nobody was killed. Turns out, both suspects were free on early release through AB 109, that you and other politicians who all live behind walls with armed security forced upon us in the name of compassion. Where is your compassion for law-abiding citizens, Mr. Governor? And don't get me started on taxes and regulations. The amount of money taken from us by this state is criminal. Just living here is expensive enough, but imagine trying to run a business and stay afloat. We have the highest gas prices and taxes in the country, and still our roads are a mess. I recently hit a pothole, and the damage to my car was over a thousand dollars. We pay you enormous sums to manage the state's affairs, yet people by the thousands sleep on our streets at night. Homeless encampments are everywhere in neighborhoods we've never imagined they'd be, and still you want more. There's a move now to weaken Proposition 13. No doubt it will pass, and I just read that you want a tax deadline. uh, A tax. You want to tax online sales now too. Along with proposals to tax water, telephone, dairy products, fertilizers, health care and more, but taxing those things will not affect the super rich one percent. They're just more hits on the middle class. You Sacramento politicians have an insatiable addiction to other people's money. But many citizens have had enough and are walking away, which brings me back to my family. let to see how long this is. I might go ahead and I might go ahead and finish it. They're closing their business here. You'll get no more of their hard-earned money. They've purchased a home in their new state, big enough for the four of them and a dog or two, maybe even a horse. The kids will get a great education. They'll be able to leave a window open at night knowing that the criminals are the ones who are afraid. Afraid of the police, afraid of the courts, and afraid of the citizens who exercise their right to defend themselves. Oh, yeah, and gas there? About $2 a gallon. Somehow, they'll have to survive without a fantasy train to nowhere. I'm sure they'll find a way to get by. Meanwhile, our tax base shrinks and Atlas shrugs. Soon the only people left here will be the very rich and the very poor. It's almost as if you planned it that way. And now my family is broken as are countless others. No more school plays, no more Little League games, no more weekend breakfast at IHOP or Thanksgiving dinners. I'll happily burn a ton of fossil fuel to go visit them at their new home as often as I can, but I won't be there as an instant babysitter when needed on short notice, and I'll actually notice their growth, from visit to visit. I'll pray every night for their safety and happiness in the years to come. And I'll cry that I can't hold them tight. I'm angry as hell and I miss them desperately already. But they'll get no going away card from you and no apologies. You simply don't care. Um, <laughs> boy, I, she, I thought this was longer than that because when I saw it in the email, it was, you know, it was narrowed down into a, a little two-inch-wide thing, and it was seemed much longer, so it wasn't as bad as I thought. But boy, she summed it up. That's that's as good as it gets. And I am confident that Governor Newsom will get wind of this. It's all over Facebook. It's a lot of emails going around with it, and um, I, I think even if it doesn't make it to Newsom's desk, I think it will uh strike a lot of people as uh, uh you know it'll reach a lot of people in California that are that are struggling and and, uh, and and I've said before you know there are there are almost no circumstances where you can't just walk away will it be inconvenient will you lose money will you miss people yeah 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 but do you want freedom or no Uh, I, I understand completely. People with you know eighteen years you know, with a company, they've only got to stay another another year or two and and, and get the retirement. And okay, I get that. I can see it. Uh, I know that there are people with uh, you know family members that are just flat can't make it, and if the people leave, they'll have nobody to take care of them. So there are a very, very few, very limited circumstances where people can't leave. But other than those few, like I have always said, like Casper Mountain did uh, and and came on the air and told us one day, i just put it in a truck and drive away. I don't care what else you're doing. I don't care how much you like your job. I don't care how much you like your friends. I don't care about the kids starting a new school. With everything that's going on there, You just put your stuff in a truck and drive away. And don't tell me you can't do it. And don't tell me it's not that simple. My first wife and I had 17 addresses the first five years we were married. It is that simple. I probably have well over 40 moves under my belt right now. It is that simple. The last three or four have been very, have been a struggle with moving stuff from the store and everything else. Um, it's been, it's been a mess, but you know how we did it? Just put it in the truck and drive away. Do you love freedom or not? Are you willing to continue to be taxed and charged literally out of existence almost to not have the freedom to protect yourself uh, I mean it, the lady said everything in the in the letter and if you can abide by that and you can you can live with it then I don't know what to tell you but if it bothers you, and if it bothers you as bad as it does me, put it in a truck and drive away. When I got out of of of, 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 um, out of the Army when I was in California, when I was in Fort Irwin, I've probably told you this story before. Uh, a guy named Red, I don't know if I ever knew his last name or not, but I met him at a beer joint there in Barstow. And uh somehow he learned of my capabilities of the things that I could do with heavy equipment and whatnot. And he offered me twenty-five dollars an hour to stay there. Now you gotta understand this was a uh um, this was in nineteen something. When was it? Nineteen eighty four, eighty six, nineteen eighty six. In nineteen eighty six, twenty five dollars an hour was a decent wage. You can live with it now, for sure. But that was a hell of a good way. I said, I said, Red, you ain't got enough money to keep me in this state. You know, a smart man would have said, okay, you know, I can do this for six months or a year and and get out of here. No, I had it. I didn't like California. I didn't like the people. I didn't like the laws. I didn't like anything about it. You know what we did? Put it in the truck, drove away. It's that simple. The, um, when I I stayed up all night, the night before, building a tow bar. I probably told you this story, too. I don't know. But I was building a tow bar to put my pickup on behind the U-Haul truck. Well, I didn't know. The U Haul balls at that time were two and a an eighth inch. They've abolished those bastardized balls now, but they're they were two and a an eighth inch. I didn't know that, never heard of such thing. They were proprietary balls for their proprietary hitches. Uh, obviously enough people got heartburned about it and they they uh, got rid of them. But I built this tow bar with a two inch coupler on it. And got ready to hook it up, and that's when I found out that they were two and eighth inch balls. You know what I did? I took a nine 16 socket, took the guts out of that coupler, laid it down on the on the uh, ball of that truck, and I jumped up and down on it till it popped on there. Got underneath there and put the nut back on there and tightened it up. And off to Idaho we went. I uh, drove it about. Well, I got it got it to the state line. Where did I go? From Barstow, I don't remember which, uh, probably went over to I-15 and when I don't remember. Uh, probably, that's probably what I did. But, uh, anyway, whatever I did, it was the closest possible way to a state line that I could make. When I got to that state line, I stopped and checked it and by that time it had worn in nicely and, uh, you know, everything was fine. Tightened the nuts up on it a little bit and, and uh, took off. So anyway put it in the truck drive away it's all you got to do All right let's see here you know what i think it's about time Since we've done the uh, the uh, theme song or whatever you call it for the other branches of service, I think we need to slip one more in here real quick. It's not very long, so I'm going to do it because that's what I want to do. Well, that didn't work. The same one popped up there again. All right, well. We'll deal with it here in a minute. Let's see here. Let me. Will you stop? There it goes. All right. All right. Let's get back to what we were doing here. I've already screwed up enough for tonight. Let me check the chat room here. Nan said uh, she's had a lot of moves. Lancer's had a lot of moves. And to tinker's been at the same address for thirty-five years. I can't imagine, but good on you. I mean, I I've thought about that a lot of times. I as <laughs> a state prison doesn't count. <laughs> I've I've uh, thought about that a lot of time. I don't know. I, I I I don't know how I would act to stay in the same way. You know, what? I've been in this house right now. The longest I have ever been in one location since I was a kid. I've been in this house for a little over six years, and this is the longest I've ever been anywhere. And, um, you know, I've grown kind of used to it. Um, but on the other hand, I look at um, people say, well, why don't, you know, you, you, you stay and, and work and retire, and when you retire, you go do all that traveling. When I'm retired, I don't want to sit around in a Winnebago and drink Metamucil cocktails and watch the sun go down. You know, when I I have I've done everything that I pretty much that I want to do in my life. I haven't missed out on too much. I want to do it while I can still enjoy it, while I can still um, physically get around and do stuff. And then when I retire, I'll sit around and drink Mad Musil cocktails and watch the sun go down at home and instead of worrying about having a heart attack driving the Winnebago from state to state. That's, uh concrete and say 39 zip codes, including the current one. So I'm not alone. Your longest stays anywhere in 16 years for NAND. So I'm not alone in the traveling here, it looks like. Um Tebow's got 30 moves, 10 different states. And Lancer says he's lived in 10 different states. I think I've lived in I think I've lived in 18 different states. I'm not sure. i have to sit down and count it again. So anyway. All right, let's get back over here. Let me make this thing stay where it's at. There right, we go. And let's see how many stories I've missed. Here's a good one. This is a neat story. By the way, how old is this story? Let me see this. I thought this was neat. And I don't really care how old it is. I'm going to tell you about it anyway. I just thought I'd check and see. And it is brand new. It's two days old. 7,500 boots on display at Fort Bragg this year, uh, this month, uh, served as temporary memorial to service members from all branches who have died since 9-11. The boots had the service members' photos and dates of death on display at Fort Bragg. Okay, that's neat. I'll tell you something else that's neat, and it's too bad that Lancers, uh, wife's not listening here, she, um, well, I'll just leave that there, there's a um, popular home improvement center here, lumber store, Lowe's, and uh, they put out a little memorial today, uh, blocked off a parking spot, and uh, they had uh, declared that parking spot there. Memorial for all the, the fallen soldiers, and we got online, or Amy got online and looked and and looked at uh, some other lows around, and they did the same thing. Some of them a little nicer than others, but they put a little memorial out in one of the parking spaces. And Chick Fil A was another one. We looked at uh, several of those, where they set a table and put a folded flag on the on the plate and leaned the chair forward and and all in uh, commemoration of the uh, people that have paid the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom. Now, we won't argue about whether or not it was necessary that they die or what the wars were about. That is irrelevant. I don't care. We will not discuss it. Um, I am fully aware that a lot of these wars were unnecessary. That's not the point. The point is that these people... Uh, regardless of what the reason was they were willing to um to make that sacrifice they were willing to to join up the overwhelming majority of them joined on their own their own uh free will and even to this day as many sissies as there are around and as much as the military has changed and everything else there are still people to this day willing to jump on that grenade to save their their brothers-in-arms. I mean, it's happened in the last couple of years. Maybe not as many as there once was. Maybe not as many 16-year-olds trying to lie about their age to get into the service. But there's still a lot of 17- and 18-year-olds joining, and and uh, some of those same ones are... Um, Unselfishly doing things that would make the, uh, make their classmates back in high school cringe. And jumping on grenades is one of them. So, I just wanted to throw that out there and, and, and and I wanted to give a, I, I try really hard to, um, do all my business at Lowe's and that's one of the reasons and the discount that they give for uh veterans and and their customer service. I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't pee on Home Depot if it was burning down. Uh it was I, I I can't everyone that I've ever been to, the service has been the same. The uh, uh the choices that you have to um you know, their lumber sucks. I mean, I, everything about Home Depot sucks. I don't like it. I do, once in a great while, I do have to go over there for, so they're right across the street from Lowe's here, but uh, once in a great while, I have to go over there for something, but I will always try Lowe's first. I very much, very much support Lowe's. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a pretty regular fixture down there. I'm on first name, uh first name basis with about eighty percent of the employees down there so that's uh I go in there about three or four five eight times a day uh, the yeah Lancer says you can't join now yeah you can what well, can't join the military without a uh, birth certificate and high school diploma you know that's um that's, that's why I took my GED. I quit school and I, I, I actually took my GED. So I, in New Mexico, you're, um, when you take your GED, it's not a, um, what do you call it? It's not a, uh, an, an equivalent of a diploma. It is a diploma. And that's why I took my, um, took my GED so I could uh, join the military. And otherwise, I would have been blissfully ignorant of about, about GEDs for the rest of my life, and it wouldn't bothered me a bit. But I didn't want to miss that uh, miss that chance to. I was 26 years old when I joined to start with, so I didn't want to wait any longer to get that done. Looking back now, I wish I would have uh, went ahead and stayed, but I uh, stayed until I retired. If I would have, I'd have retired what 10 almost. Yeah, 15 years ago. But, like many other things that I do, it wasn't the smartest thing. What do you got there now? This is <laughs> Attention idiots. There are three reasons to unholster your loaded firearm. You are robbing us. You're shooting the person robbing us. Or you're a complete incompetent idiot. Please do not unholster a loaded weapon in our store. If you do, the following will apply to each of the above: you will be shot, you will be thanked, you will be treated like an idiot, and asked to leave. If you're offended by this message. You can assume that you fall into the into the uh, last category, the third category. Very good. Good on it. <laughs> okay. Let's see. And the high school diploma. Oh no, the the, the birth certificate. That's um that's unfortunate that you have to show a birth certificate now because um, everyone knows now that my daughter was nine almost nineteen years old before she ever got a birth certificate. Um she never had one until until she actually got out of school and got ready to move and wanted to get her driver's license. But I wanted to make sure that she voluntarily entered into that contract with the state, and um, if she didn't get one when she was born, and made it through all the years of school and graduated and everything else without a birth certificate or a social security number. She didn't get a birth certificate or social security number until she was eighteen years old. So that's a choice that she's made, and that's uh, you know it didn't that everything works out for him. The um, Lancer is going almost ten years since he retired. I, I would have retired at uh, at 46. It just seemed so I just had so many things to do, you know, I had so, so many places to go and people to see and things to do that the military just didn't fit into it. I look back now and say, what boy, how stupid was that? Forty six years old, I could have got out with a nice retirement. And, uh, but it's one of those things, one of those stupid things that stupid people do. And I am one of those.
1: sky, fearless men who jump and die, men who mean just what they say, the brave men of the Green Beret, silver wings upon their chest, these are men, America's best. One hundred men will test today But only three when the Green Beret Trained to live off nature's land Trained in combat hand to hand Men who fight by night and day Courage take from the rainbow rain, silver wings upon their chest. These are men, America's best. One hundred men will test today, but only three when the greenbow rains. America's best, he'll
2: be a man,
1: they'll test
2: one day, have him win the Green Beret.
0: Welcome back to another segment of the shooting bench right here on the Survival Circle Radio Network. Okay, we're uh, we're winning another another stupid prize here. Let me just a second, let me. I don't remember seeing this before. But there's a guy here was, uh, trying to smack a fish with a loaded gun. He had a long gun. He has a rifle. And he's attempting to smack a fish in shallow water there. And where does he shoot himself? Well, the twins are having a bad day here. They're, uh, this was, uh, hell yeah. I wouldn't want to be doing what he's doing. Uh, this might be an air gun or beef gun. Let's hope for the guy's sake that's all it is. I can't tell for sure what caliber the gun is. But there's a video. <laughs> Play that video. Let's see what happened. That... will. only
1: 13 seconds long.
0: 13 seconds long. So somebody. There he goes. He's wearing it back. There's a fish. And. Wow. Oh, and he got it. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> And they're talking foreign language, so there's uh there's that. Anyway. Okay. Well, we've had all the fun wings Standard. You know what? I am uh I'm having fun listening to this music, so that's what I'm gonna do right now.
4: I walked through a county courthouse square on a park bench, an old man was sitting there. I said the old courthouse is kinda run down. He said, No, it'll do for our little town. I said, your old flag pole has leaned a little bit, and that's a ragged old flag you got hanging on it. He said, have a seat. And I said, Al, is this the first time you've been to our little town? I said, I think it is. He said, I don't like to brag, but we're kind of proud of that ragged old flag. You see, we got a little hole in that flag there. When Washington took it across the Delaware And it got powder burned the night that Francis Scott Key Set Washington right and say can you see And it got a bad rip in New Orleans With Packingham and Jackson tugging at its seams And it almost fell at the Alamo Beside the Texas flag but she waved on though she got cut with a sword at Chancellorsville, and she got cut again at Shiloh Hill. There was Robert E. Lee, guard and Bragg, and the south wind blew hard on that ragged old flag. On Flanders Field in World War I, she got a big hole from a birth of gun. She turned blood red in World War II. She hung limp and low a time or two. She was in Korea, Vietnam. She went where she was sent, by her Uncle Sam. She waved from our ships upon the briny foam, and now they've about quit waving back here at home. In her own good land here, she's been abused. She's been burned, dishonored, denied, refused. And the government for which she stands... Is scandalized throughout the land And she's getting threadbare And she's wearing thin But she's in good shape For the shape she's in Cause she's been through the fire before And I believe she can take a whole lot more So we raise her up every morning We take her down every night We don't let her touch the ground And we fold her upright On second thought I do like to brag cause I'm mighty proud of that ragged old flag.
0: Okay, well I've uh Just about had enough here. I hope you have enjoyed this uh, two-hour special. We had a little more music than we normally do, but I just uh, somehow was uh, compelled to share more with you than I generally do. So I'm going to ease on towards the door right now, and if all goes well, I'll be seeing you Wednesday night. Not sure what's going to be happening Friday yet. Still a little early to tell, but uh, I'll let you know for sure if we can do a uh, live show Friday so good night God bless America and we will see you Friday